0: Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach dedicated to inspiring women and the men who support them to rise up in life, love, and leadership. Well, my guess is that you want to do something fresh and new in your life in 2020. Maybe you want to start a side hustle or a new business, a fresh relationship, maybe new friendships. Whatever it is, you're probably going to come up against what I call lies that burrow themselves into your brain and seek to steal, kill, and destroy your dreams. Well, today I want to introduce you to Kate Krakow. She's the author of Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome, The Lies Holding You Back from Success. It's now available on Amazon. Kate is a psychotherapist, confidence and mindset coach, and writer who mentors female leaders around the globe. She has coached thousands of women and host a weekly podcast called Thinking Like a Boss. In this episode, you're gonna learn the source of the lies in your mind, how lies hold you back from your hopes and dreams, specific lies that Kate believed and overcame when she was just starting out in business, and how you can overcome the lies you believe in your own life. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Kate Krakow. Well, Kate, okay, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chat.
0: So today we're talking about your brand new book, Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies, Holding You Back from Success. So first question, why do women, and I'm going to say men, yeah too, struggle with so many lies when they're thinking about starting something new in their life? Because that's kind of what you're, you know, that's what you're pitching. It's like, hey, you're starting something new you got to think like a boss. You got all these lies. Why? Why do women and men, I think men should read this book too. I'm just going to tell you.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've had a lot of men who have read it and have gotten a lot from it, even though yes, it's my branding. Everything's pink and girly looking, but it's a book for men also. It really is.
0: Yeah. So why so many lies in our heads?
1: Yeah. I think we just have a lot of fear and we're afraid of like, what could happen if we move forward? What could happen? Could I fail? Could I actually succeed? And I think that we, um, you know, we tell ourselves that we need all of these different things in order to move ahead, whether it's more time, whether it's feeling more ready or having more qualifications or having more people on board, like our friends and family. And We it actually all starts with us. It starts with our mind. And in order to move ahead, we just have to be sure of ourselves. We have to um, sometimes not even be sure, but just take that, just be willing and take that step to move ahead and Mm -hmm. to try even when we're afraid. And I'm afraid all the time. Like there's plenty of things that scare me. And I actually live by the motto of do something every day that scares you if you want to move ahead
0: help me understand the source of these lies, though. Like, you know, at what point in our lives do we start to think these negative thoughts? Is it in the womb? Is it age five? Is it when we're teenagers? Is it only when we're adult? You know, like, what, how does that, how does it play out?
1: Yeah, so there's actually a visualization in the book where I take people back to their childhood memories. And, you know, I think, as little kids, there's a point in our life where we just don't really have a lot of fear. There's not a lot of things that we worry about. We don't care. Like I look at my two and a half year old daughter right now and like the things that she says, the things she does, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, if she only knew that like, these are embarrassing things. Um, give,
0: give me an example. Come on.
1: Oh, just like, you know, picking her nose in public and <laughs> picking her wedgie, you know, little things like that, that
0: no to, fear.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just, yeah, just doing things that could be potentially be scary. Um, And I think that little by little, you know, going to school, um, just making friends, we hear all of these lies of what the world thinks that we should be and how we should act and how we should live. And our mind just starts to fill up with that. And I think we just don't know any better. And that's what really shapes us. And, you know, that's where we go sort of in that direction in the future. And I know as, you know, myself, as a little girl, I can remember back, like when there wasn't the fear Mm -hmm. of just like dancing around and singing and not wondering or caring how I sounded or how I looked. And then like really allowing my peers and others around me, really just get into my mind. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I really told myself a lot of lies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I struggled very early on with an eating disorder. And it's funny because I look back at pictures of myself of, you know, I was, you know, seven years old and I look at this little innocent girl and I think like, oh, how beautiful, how sweet. And to think like at that age, I remember specifically getting that picture taken and looking at it and thinking, Oh, I look fat. Wow. My face looks so round. My cheeks look so full, hmm. and like it breaks my heart to think. Oh my goodness, my daughter's going to be three soon. Like yeah. I don't want her to feel this way about herself at such an early age. But um, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like we hear that from other people. I would assume we also sometimes hear that from our parents, unknowingly. Yeah, You know, um, I think about things that my mom would do that was, um, out of love, out of a desire to protect, but it's yeah. that, oh, don't do that. Or, oh, you know, it's that you know, yeah. the, the sucking in of the air. And I know when our kids were little, you know, it's like you want to protect them from those experiences, but at the same time, how much is that putting a a negative thought in their brain of I'm not able to be adventurous or not able to make that decision. Um, that's so hard, so hard. I was, um, the other day, uh, I was actually at church. It was a Sunday morning and these kids are running in and they're just, you know, like kids, they're, they're high stepping. Their knees are high. I mean, like little kids are, you know, twirling around. They're just walking in. And I looked at somebody and I said, Just think if we walked in as adults like that, (laughs) (laughs) just allowing your body to flow freely, you know? Yeah. I almost think that's a metaphor for even the internal world. You know, what if our internal world was able to have that much freedom and flow freely?
1: Yeah. And just really be able to talk about what we're really feeling and say the things that we really want to say, because I think we hold back so much.
0: Yeah. So you were starting your therapy practice a number of years ago. Um, What were some of the biggest lies that you were tempted to believe as you were starting that?
1: Oh, um, I don't have a business degree. So how can I actually start a business? Okay. I'm so young. I don't have... um, maybe the knowledge yet or the just the life experience yet to be able to help these people. Hmm. Um,
0: How many years ago was this?
1: This was back in 2014.
0: Okay. So about six years ago. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it held, it really held me back for a while. And I remember when I started my first practice, I was afraid to even tell like friends, family. And eventually once I told them, I was sort of actually forced to tell them because the business grew so quickly. And I was in a place where it was, you know, I was just amazed that it grew so fast and I was able to leave my nine to five within four months of starting it. Wow. Um. But then like sort of being forced, like I have, like my parents are going to wonder, like my family's going to wonder, why is she quitting her job? Like what is going on? And then needing to say like, I actually have this business. Like, at first I thought it was just going to be a fun little hobby to yeah. be able to serve more people
0: yeah,
1: and fulfill just a greater need. And then it turned into a bigger business and yeah, of, you know, all of those lies of like, how am I going to tell my family? What are they going to think? Everyone did think I was crazy, but I think it's just about, you know, sometimes you're going to be the only person that believes in your dream.
0: Hmm.
1: And, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think we often look for external validation with everything. Like even small decisions, we look for external validation, whether
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: Google or texting a friend or a therapist. And I really, really believe that we have all of our own answers mm. and it's just about us getting quiet enough to listen.
0: I mm. you know one of the things um that I have struggled with and I see other people that I work and coach struggle with is if there is a faith or spirituality component to their life, that sometimes we can put so much stock in every little thing that happens, almost like a sign from God. Mm. And, you know, I, I have to take a step back, whether it's myself or somebody that I'm coaching and go, could be. But it could be that that person just cut you off in the parking lot and that wasn't a sign from God that you weren't supposed to go to that store. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Do you, as you're working with people, do you hear people that kind of of come from a either spirituality background or have those wrestle with those signs from God?
1: Yeah, I would say probably only 30%, maybe 50% of the people I work with have a faith. Um. And I guess, you know, some of them say like, it's it's a, a sign from the, maybe this is a sign from the universe. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, I agree with you. I think that sometimes it's not even signs. It's like, sometimes these things are put in front of us and maybe we're steered in that direction to learn a lesson through it, but it's not the sign that that's going to be actually it. So, you know, I think of different things in my life. Um, I remember so clearly back probably before I started my practice about seven years ago, us having this opportunity for my husband's job to move to Chicago. And I remember telling myself, wow, it seems like this is what God wants for us. Like there are all of these little signs that are leading to this. And back then I did, I believed in all of those little signs and not that I don't now, but it ended up not like it it looked perfect like that's exactly what was supposed to happen yeah but that's not what was supposed to happen and it didn't end up happening but those signs led me to where i was supposed to be mm-hmm. and where that was supposed to be was actually just thinking bigger like oh i'm actually not really that happy with my job right now so mm-hmm. maybe i should start to look for an out and that's one of the reasons why i started researching business mm-hmm. and without those little signs, I probably wouldn't have had the courage to start my business as soon as I did.
0: Mm -hmm. So I think
1: looking at them as like redirections almost.
0: Yeah. It's so tricky. That's so tricky. So in your book, you talk about getting back to an inner child mindset, and that's kind of a, a way to move away from these lies you know, you sh- share about that in the introduction, what is that? What does that mean or look like to get back to an inner child mindset?
1: Yeah. So who were you before the world told you that you couldn't? Okay. You know, what were those things? Because I really believe that the things that we wanted as little kids before we started listening to the outside chatter,
0: Yeah. a
1: lot of those things are actually what we really still want today. mm. And I think that our minds get very clouded, like the older that we get, um, we start to think like maybe a little bit more like rationally, like this, this makes sense. So this is why I need to do this. Mm -hmm. But when I think back to where I was as a child and like all of those things that I loved, like many of those things are the things that I am doing today. So just socializing and having fun and being creative in my business. Where, you know, in my nine to five before, I wasn't really able to do all of that. Um, So I think just trying to go back and think of like your first memory or some of those very early memories and what were those dreams you had? Like, did you want to be a firefighter or did you want to, you know, be a newscaster? Like, what did you want to be? What did you love to do? Was it dancing? Was it art? Um, And how is your life just sort of filled with other things now? that are taking up space, like responsibilities and, you know, how can you get back to that old place? Like maybe it's going and taking um, a dance class or maybe it's going to one of those um, like sip and drip nights where you go and, you know, you get a glass of wine and you do a painting. Um, I think that when we can go back to that inner child mindset, I think that our minds get more creative Mm. And we start to think bigger. Like I think of myself when I'm on the floor playing with my girls and I'm not distracted and I have my phone away. Sometimes the best ideas for my business are born in those moments.
0: Yeah, I love helping uh, other people and myself go back to those. I love how you said that. That resonates so strongly with me because there does seem to be something at the core of who we are that's so unadulterated, so beautiful, so like so just, I don't know about pristine, but just, just unadulterated and beautiful and, um, uh, so fresh. I think about as I was a kid, um, I would take a piece of paper and I would map out my room mm. and the different, like once every couple months I would move all the furniture around in my room to organize it in the best efficient or effective or fun or creative way. And I literally would plan it out on a piece of paper, you know? And, um, for me, there's something about that process that goes, wow, I'm creative. I like to think in terms of, um, systems. I like to uh, decorate our home is decorated by me. Uh, My wife is not interested in that kind of thing. Um, and I love to move things around and, It's so fun to know that was part of me from the very early ages of my life. Yeah. You know, and how can I tap into that now?
1: Yeah. I love that story. It's funny. My grandmother recently sent me a picture of my father when he was like six years old. And he had this like Lincoln Logs. Remember Lincoln Logs? Oh yeah, of course. He had this like elaborate, I mean, I couldn't, I'm like, how did a six-year-old even build that? Yeah. And it's funny because later on in life, like he was a pastor, but he also, um, did construction and contracting, and loved um, renovating homes and flipped homes, and it's like he went back and tapped into that, which is just yeah. so cool.
0: Yeah. How about yourself? What do you think about, like, in your childhood? That kind of so.
1: Thing? As a child, I really it's so it's so funny because I always wanted to be like a performer. Like I wanted to sing, I wanted to dance, I wanted to be um, a newscaster. I wanted to I used to like watch the Today show with my mom as a little girl and I wanted yeah. to be on that. I wanted to maybe have like my own TV show. And I don't do that today, but I have a podcast and like I enjoy going on podcasts and I enjoy connecting with people. And I also think of like some of the things that I did as a little girl was I I always was talking and getting in trouble. And mm. it's funny because I've been able to use that. Like I remember teachers saying like she's just such a social butterfly. Like we can't get her to quiet down. We can't get her to focus or do her work. And today, like, that's the thing that I get to use. Like I get to use my voice. I get to connect with people in my business. And it's just fun that like, I've even taken something that was a detriment to me when I was younger and turned it into something that's like profitable and my passion and something I get to use as a platform.
0: One of the things that um, in your book early on, before we even get into the lies, you, you ask us to keep moving forward, even if the lies seem overwhelming. Yeah. And these lies, and we'll get, I want to you know chat through several of these lies in a minute, but I want people to buy the book to get all 12. Um, because my guess is when people read the lies, they will go, oh yeah, that's me. Oh yeah, that's me. You know, because sometimes we don't even realize we're believing that until we hear somebody else explain it. Um, But you say, will you keep moving forward? Please keep moving forward, even in the midst of the lies if they're overwhelming. Why do you ask us to do that? And how can I do that when it feels so overwhelming to feel like I'm not enough or I don't have enough money or people don't like me or whatever it might be?
1: Yeah, I think it's so important to keep building that momentum Because we know like doing something a little bit and continuing to do it before you know it, you have something big done. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I think, you know, we can get so paralyzed at times where we feel stuck. Like for some people, like just getting out of bed in the morning is just such a hard thing. Like they can barely put their feet on the floor because maybe they're so depressed. And for them, it's like that's your first step. Like just try to get yourself out of bed Mm -hmm. and then you know, then take that next step. And I think, um, it's again, it's so easy to get paralyzed and to get stuck. And I think it's just finding those little tiny next steps. And I think sometimes it's not even looking at like the big picture goal, because I think that can be really overwhelming, Hmm. but like, how can I break that goal up into small little attainable steps Mm -hmm. And then take the even smaller steps. So I think of like when I started my business, it felt so scary and overwhelming and didn't know where to start. So rather than sit there in fear and insecurity, I just went onto the computer and went to Google and said, how to start, a you know, typed in how to start a business. Mm -hmm. Like that was my first step to just like get a little bit comfortable with reading some articles about business and then, you know, take the next step and then the next step. And I think before you know it, that really starts, starts to grow your confidence and then you're actually somewhere Mm -hmm. and you're not where you were before. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, every day doing something little that will bring you closer to your goal. And again, doing something scary every day. And it could be something, I always say this, like something as small as, or maybe as big as for someone like walking into a gas station and saying like, Hey, can I have four quarters for a dollar without buying anything?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So just, you know, for someone it's practicing those assertiveness skills. Like how can I speak up? Um, because often we tell ourselves like, Oh, I don't have an opportunity to do that. Like I don't have an opportunity to practice this or that, but Mm -hmm. we can really find these opportunities if we look for them.
0: Mhm. Kate, I am just getting to know you. Your book is called Thinking Like a Boss. I got to tell you. You're so sweet. You seem so nice. Like you're not like kick butt and tent- not that you can't be. You know, I mean I'm just yeah. getting to know you. But like it's so interesting that like if I were to read this book without knowing you, yeah. And not talking to you. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, she is so hardcore. Like this. <sighs> she's just like, you're so sweet. You're so Thank nice. You. Thank you. Yes. So like, I, I think that's so interesting because I'm wondering how many people in order to be an entrepreneur, take ground, you know, I need to think like a boss.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when I first came into the business realm, especially the online space. So once I, Decided to open an online therapy practice. It's funny because so me being just sweet and this like this is just are me. Sweet?
0: Are you sweet? Or are you are you are you messing with me?
1: Oh no, I'm sweet. Well, my if you ask my husband in the other <laughs> room, it might be a different story. <laughs> but I told actually it's funny because I didn't talk about this in the book or anything, but I love that you asked this question because you got me thinking. I told myself a lie that in order to Be successful, I had to be tough. I had to be stern. Like I couldn't be sweet. I couldn't be like the feminine sort of person that I am. Like I had to just like be that big boss. Yeah. And I remember like trying to be that way and trying to write like sales copy that spoke more in that way. And like trying to be, um, just not, not like, I feel like I'm very like open hearted and um, I'm okay with like talking about my vulnerabilities or I felt like I had to be tough and put that external um, boss face on and not be able to really share who I was. Sure. And I realized like it wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we get to that place where like we're trying to start setting boundaries with people or we're trying to be respected. Mm -hmm. We think that we have to act a certain way, but honestly, like you can act however you are, like just Mm -hmm. show up as yourself Mm -hmm. and set boundaries. So like, if you are sort of like me, (laughs) you can still be a boundary person. You can still give tough love. Of course. Like you ask some people and they're like, Oh wow. Like we don't overstep with her. You can still be respected, sure. By being this way, like you don't have to be hardcore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I said that about reading your book. You actually, in your book, you come through as very. I'd never even use that word, sweet. I feel awkward. (laughs) I hope that doesn't feel awkward to you.
1: Not at all. No, 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 not Uh, at all.
0: But yeah, no. The book is very authentic. It comes through as sweet, but the cover is not sweet. it's (laughs) it's the cover is like, I am going to kick your butt.
1: It's so funny. You said that because there's a whole story behind the cover and I haven't really shared it yet. If you want, I can share it with you. Like how we got this picture, do it. So the morning that we were about to, you know, go and have this cover shoot and I had a photographer flying in from Dallas and you know, I'm so excited. I'm in my head. Like,
0: because you don't have a, there, there are no photographers in New York because you, you I, had to have somebody flying from Dallas. She what just, the heck? She,
1: she's so good at book covers. She's done okay. so many book right. covers that I just, I had to have her. I love it. Um, so yeah, I was just in my head, like, how am I going to make this the best cover? How am I going to look the best? This and that. I didn't like my hair. Long story short, I actually went and like grabbed kitchen shears and cut my hair.
0: You did not.
1: Yes. Yes. Cause I did, I had just gotten a haircut. It was like one of those quick ones from like those walk-in places. Cause I didn't have enough time to go and see my regular girl and it just was not what I wanted. So I YouTubed how to cut your own hair. Did it. And I mean, it looks fine on the cover. It doesn't look it horrible. Great. Yeah. And my little ones were sick. They ended up, they're up the whole night before. It was just one of those days where you're just like, I don't I don't even want to do this. I feel like a mess. Life's a disaster. And went to this cover shoot and again, I think often we get so caught up in our heads about me me me. Like what are people going to think? What are they going to think about the cover? Mm-hmm. Um you know, how are they going to perceive me or this or that? And I got caught in my head that morning. And then there was a moment during the shoot and this is when we were about to we were she was snapping me, like taking these pictures. There's a million of these pictures. And I just said, I just want to pause for a second because I just like need to get out of my head. And I just started to think about like, it clicked. Like this book is not about me. Like, why am I making this about me? This is ridiculous. Like I'm, Ah. I'm being so silly right now. This book is about all these women who need to hear what's inside of this.
0: Sure.
1: So why am I making this cover picture about me? And I started to like, There was like this beautiful song on in the background, the photographer had on, and I just started to get teary and I'm Mm -hmm. not really a crier at all. I rarely cry. And I started to get teary and she was like, stay like that. Just stay like that. And she just snapped the pictures and I'm like, that's going to be the picture. So I'm actually on the verge of tears in this picture.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's so funny because it's not, it looks like a boss kind of face, but it's actually me just... Sort of in a breakdown kind of moment, like a bro- going through a breakthrough. Right. Just reminding myself, like, this is not about me. And I knew, like, because I saw the whole series of pictures and I'm like, that's the one. It's right there.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. That is very fun. Yeah. Well, you look uh, gorgeous and badass and powerful all at the same time. So, but the book is an embodiment of your sweetness. Um, Let's talk about some of the lies because you do tackle 12 really powerful ones. Do you mind picking, um, Mm -hmm. maybe we just go through a few here, some of your favorite lies uh, and maybe just talk about them for a few minutes. Is there one that stands out to you?
1: Probably my favorite is the lie of not having enough
0: time. Okay. Not having enough time. This is lie number nine.
1: Yes. Because we all have the same hours in the day. Right. And, I think that us saying there's not enough time, it's really just an excuse for either I'm scared or maybe I don't want whatever I'm saying I don't have enough time for. Mm -hmm. And it's about us replacing that lie of I don't have enough time with, I actually have more than enough time for the things that are priorities in my life, the people that are priorities in my life. I just have to figure out how to set boundaries and how to get those to those places or get those things that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that, um, you know, for many, for many women, we also like, it's ties into the lie of like, I can't be a good business owner and a good mom. Like, I think a lot of us tell ourselves, like, I, you know, I can't have a business and be a mom cause I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And I think we find all of these little excuses rather than just move ahead Um, and I think it's just like, how can you stop today and evaluate your schedule, evaluate all of the priorities and all of the commitments in your life and just start to live your life doing what you want to do and not doing what you think you should do or what you need to do or what you have to do. And just start asking yourself, like, what do I actually really want? Mm -hmm. Because that's the only way to get where you want to go, is to know what it is that you want. And now that I know what I want, how can I set the boundaries to get there? Because I think in order to get there, we have to set boundaries. We have to cut things out.
0: What are some Um, of those things as you're working with women? What are some of those things that you have found that your clients kind of have to say no to in order to create that time that they need in order to start something in their life?
1: Yeah. I think sometimes it's, it could be something as uh, easy as like letting someone pick your brain or saying no to a relationship that maybe just isn't serving you anymore. Maybe it's like very one-sided. Maybe it's toxic. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's saying no to something like as little as um, Netflix. Like, you know, my dream is a, is very big and I want to get there and I need to say no to some of these maybe habits or behaviors that I have Mm -hmm. that aren't serving me anymore. Um, Setting boundaries, like saying no to um, driving someone to the airport if maybe you don't need to. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to say no right away to things. So what I always like to say is just say, Hey, let me go check my calendar or let me get back to you. And I think we live in this day and age with Instagram DMs and Facebook PMs that, You know, we feel like we have to get back to people right away. We feel like we have Mm. to rush. And there is no rush. Like, we don't owe anyone anything. Mm. And it's okay to say, you know, I'll get back to you tomorrow or I'll get back to you in a few days. And I think that when we do that, it gives the other person the expectation of, like, oh, maybe I need to look for backup or Mm. maybe this is not going to work out and that's fine. So I'm going to like find these other. I have avenues to take. Um, So I think just starting there, sometimes just saying no or saying, let me get back to you.
0: Mm -hmm. It seems like you're saying we need to say no to other people, possibly. Mm -hmm. But also I hear you saying that we may need to say no to ourselves. Yeah. And I think that one's just as hard. Yeah. Um, What are some of the things you mentioned Netflix what are some other things that you have kind of coached some of your clients to have to say no to?
1: I think letting other people, because I, I think we allow other people's behavior, right? So we can we can put a line down in the sand and say like no, you're not crossing this. Mm-hmm. And I think often we almost like play the victim of like, these people are overstepping my boundaries, but it's no, you're actually overstepping your own boundaries. Like you're replying back right away. Mm -hmm. You're not saying no to their request. So I think that, um, we need to sometimes like pause Mm ourselves. And I think it's, it's, it's hard. I think it's almost harder at times to set a boundary with ourselves and with other people. Um, you know, I think for some people, it's just as simple as, you know, penciling things into your calendar, like, I'm going to take a lunch break
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or I'm going to take a little bit of self-care time rather than letting your schedule just overflow with these commitments or these things that maybe really aren't serving you or aren't moving the needle in your life or your business. And I think another thing is that sometimes we have to say no to things that we actually want to do because maybe they're not the best opportunity for us right now. Or maybe we feel like maybe we want to do it because we want to say yes out of scarcity. If I don't say yes to this, I might miss out on this opportunity. Or if I don't say yes to this, I may never get this opportunity again. Mm -hmm. And I think if that's your mindset, I think that you need to, again, like always step back and get quiet. That's the answer for everything. Step back, get quiet and say like, what is it that I really want? How is this really serving me right now? Is this something that yes, it's a great opportunity, but maybe it's not what I need in this moment. And I think that saying no to even great things will open up space for even better things to come in. And those opportunities may arise again in the future.
0: Mm -hmm. I love how you said at the beginning of our, our chat about this particular lie, that it's really about determining what is your highest priority. Yeah. And how do you... Then make the decision in light of that. Um, and that is, uh, that is so hard, that is so hard sometimes. Um, especially when we've been doing something for some you know something for so long, whatever the rut is we're in or the, you know choosing to help other people or whatever it might be, it's like, okay, well, you only have so much time. Yeah. So you can spend it helping that other person as they pick your brain. And that's not going to help you with your business or whatever, you know, yeah. or you can spend that time focused on moving your, you know, business forward. So that is, it is just so hard, so hard. Um, so I don't have enough time. So state that again at the very said, you said, I have more than enough time. I heard you say that. Yeah. End For the- that statement though.
1: I have more than enough time for my priorities, for the people that I care about, for the things that I want most in life. There's always enough time. Always enough time.
0: So good. Okay. What's another lie that's a favorite of yours?
1: I think so. The hardest chapter for me to write was the motherhood chapter, chapter seven.
0: Okay. I can't possibly have a successful business and be a good mom. How old are your kids right now?
1: 15 months and two and a half
0: and they're both girls
1: both girls charlie and annabelle yeah
0: gosh that's so cute such cute names um charlie how did you focus on how did you how did you come up with that name
1: i always love the name charlie her real name is charlotte but i said i want a daughter named charlie and (laughs) for the first for anna for annabelle so annabelle's the first you know how you just sort of feel like a name is right or wrong for the bait. Like I love this name, but maybe it's not, I love it, but maybe it's not the right time. Right. Like we just talked about, I always love the name Charlie, but I just felt like, I don't think this is the name for her. I like Annabelle for her. So we're going to go with Annabelle. And then for the second one, I'm like, she's Charlie. She's definitely my Charlie.
0: What did your husband say?
1: Oh, he loved the name too.
0: Okay. Yeah. He, he was cool it. with Annabelle. He didn't need, yeah. he didn't need the first child to be Charlie.
1: Yeah. No, no.
0: Glad you guys were on the same page. I wanted to name our son Remington and my wife oh. was not up for that because we knew somebody with a dog named Remington and it just ruined the whole thing. So, oh. <laughs> okay. So I can't possibly have a successful business and be a good mom. Why did you believe that?
1: Yeah. So I was in a place where, um, you know, we didn't have kids yet. We had a dog. And I remember my husband saying to me, Kate, like all you do is talk about not having enough time. Like you don't have enough time to bring him to training. And, you know, we both did our fair share of training him. You don't have enough time to play with him. How are you ever going to... And he said this out of complete love too. I don't, I just want to preface with that. He said out oh, of complete love. How are you ever going to have enough time to have kids. Like if we want to have a family someday and that got me thinking, all right, I don't actually know if I want to have a family someday. I'm not sure if that is something that I'm still going to want to do because I really love my business. I was in a place where, um, it was probably an unhealthy place. Um, I just, I really love to work and I love the work that I do. And I think that um, our pregnancy was a surprise
0: mm.
1: and it was exactly what I needed. It was like a gift that was handed to me because I really think that if I had not become a mother, um, I probably would not be where I am right now. Like my relationship with my husband probably would have gone in a different direction. Um, I would have been an, a workaholic I would not have been in a good mind space. I would not have written this book. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was just, it was such a gift. Hmm. Um, and it was something that I really had to work through. It's just, you know, at first I was, I, I felt like, okay, I can handle this. I think that, uh, you know, my baby will probably take a nap. We'll probably sleep. I can work during those hours. And of course we had the baby that never napped. And didn't take a bottle. And um, so we couldn't even get her into daycare because she wasn't on a bottle. And I was in such a low place, just Hmm. believing that I lost my businesses and that this was over and I'd have to go back to maybe a nine to five in the future. Um, And that's actually how the book was born was I just was in my head, just feeling like I lost everything Um, even though I had this beautiful baby in my arms and I just started to write my feelings down on paper and, um, little by little, it ended up turning into this book. So it, everything in the book started with that motherhood chapter. Wow. And what I've realized is that, um, number one, moms and dads are superheroes. They can get anything done, like give something to them and they will get it done. Even if they're busy because they're typically very good at boundaries. And everything that I do in life and business now, like this is something that I like to ask myself is, do I really want to do this? Because me going and letting someone pick my brain for an hour, that's an hour that I'm away from my kids and away from my family. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And is it really worth it? Is it really going to make that much of an impact? Am I making more of an impact on that person or on my family? And is there a way that I can make a bigger impact like in a middle ground? So now it's like, all right, maybe I can do a whole meetup and invite lots of women over for coffee. And that's what I do actually quarterly at my house. Um, Or can I sit down and write a blog? Can I ask that person, Hey, what were your questions? I'm really interested to hear. I really want to help you, but I think that these questions can be answered to a lot more people. Like I think a lot of people can get value from this. So I'm going to write a blog post about it instead Mm -hmm. and sit down and maybe that 45 minutes of writing the blog post will make such a big impact on many people.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I've learned to just become very good at simplifying too and just making things easy. That's my motto is just make it easy, make it easy. And sometimes it drives people crazy because they're like, Yeah, but this would be great. And I'm like, no, just make it easy. Like, don't make it hard on yourself. Just make it easy. Hmm.
0: So now you have a successful business and you're a good mom. Yeah. How does that feel?
1: It feels great. Yeah, it feels great. I mean, there. I will say there are days where I I do at times still feel like I'm failing at both. Hmm. But I remind myself, this is just a feeling right now. This will pass. And here's the evidence. This is why I'm a good mom. And this is why I am good at my business. And this is how my business is succeeding. And I think that with every new up level in life and business, there is always going to be a breakdown before the breakthrough. Hmm. And you're going to be challenged and pushed in a different way. And I think that's just growth. I think that, um, you know, in every new opportunity, it's, it's going to feel scary or you're not going to feel equipped and reminding yourself and showing yourself that past evidence of how you were in the past and how you can get through it again.
0: How would your journey have been different if you would have had this book prior to starting your therapy practice?
1: Oh, I love that question. I would have saved myself a lot of money because money on just things that, again, I thought that I had to have or needed to have, or should have like investing in maybe copywriters, like too early on in my business, investing in really nice branding too early on in my business. I say like, if you're going to start a business, just get it started don't make everything perfect. Like save your money for a little bit later. Like once you feel like you have your target audience, you, um, just you're, you're bringing income into your business. You really feel secure and confident then start to invest in that stuff. Like just do it scrappy in the beginning, Mm -hmm. piece it together. And, uh, you know, everyone has to start somewhere and there is some quote out there. I can't remember and I'm going to botch it, but it's like, if you're not embarrassed by your early beginnings, like you started way too late.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, it would have saved me a lot of money. It, um, I, I just, I wish this book was around back then. It would have saved me, you know, here's the other thing though, too, is that, um, it would have made things easier easier, but I think sometimes we have to learn on our own. Mm -hmm. I think we have to learn through our, I don't like to call them mistakes, but I think we need to trip and fall a little bit. And um, I think we are ready to receive messages at different times. So this book may have been presented to me back then. And I would have thought like, oh, I don't need this right now. I got it all together.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But today, if this book would have been given to me, I would have said, oh, I need this today.
0: Well, I'm glad that the book wasn't there for you because now you've written it. Yeah. And, uh, it's a great resource for everyone else. So, uh, the book is available now on Amazon and it's called thinking like a boss, uncover and overcome the lies holding you back from success. And, um, you can swipe up on your phone and the link is in your show notes in our show notes. Um, Right there on your phone, or you can go to our website and uh, you can find it there. The link to Amazon. So, Kate, I love, 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 love this book. I love your heart, and uh, it's fun getting to know you and how you're making a difference in the world. So, thank you for writing this book.
1: Thank you so much. This is a great conversation.
0: Kate Krakow is amazing, and her book is available now on Amazon. You can swipe up on your phone and click the link in the show notes to get a copy now. You definitely need this book in your life. And by the way, share this episode with a friend who needs to hear Kate's encouragement. Take a screenshot on your phone, text it to your friend, tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app. Now, as you think about the lies you're prone to believe, may you slow down your thinking when things begin to feel negative. Ask yourself What lie am I believing? And be willing to take a moment and replace it with the truth that you are already inspired. You don't have to do or be anything else to be loved or enough.